0: God bless you, Saints. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. It's 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 been a while since I was uh been almost a month, I guess. And uh but I, I sure I want to say I sure appreciate everybody that um took this spot over the last few weeks and I sure appreciate all the messages that were delivered. And uh we sure appreciate each and every one of you. <clears throat> getting an Amber Alert. Um, It's asking me to subscribe all of a sudden. (laughs) Hold on. Let me see if I can. All right. Sorry about that. Y'all just bear with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we're so grateful to be able to gather together this morning, Lord, around your word. And as we study these things out, I pray, Lord, that you'll bless your people. And, Lord, edify them, build up their faith, Lord. Give us something in the hour that we're living in, Lord, to help us along life's way. Be with the services today. I pray, Lord, that you'll just bless Brother Wade as he's ministering, Lord, and Brother Pageants. Bless bless Brother Louise this morning, Lord. And we just ask your blessing upon the service now in your name. Amen. Now... We've been kind of studying on Hebrews chapter 11 and and, uh, getting into verse 12, but I kind of wanted to take just a little detour. I've been thinking about some of these things that I'll I'll bring out today. I just wanted to meditate on, you know, the only way that you can please God is to have faith, and, and there's things that you do if you disbelieve God's word. and. And act out of turn and things like that, and it grieves the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, when we come together and we gather around, the gather together in, in, in this little assembly this morning. You know, really, our main objective is to is to be pleasing to God and to do things so that we're, we don't do things that are that are grievous to the Holy Spirit, because we want we want the service and we want the songs that are sung and the words that are said and everything, our actions and our deeds and the things that come across the pulpit to be pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, we'll kind of study out a few scriptures there in Ephesians four thirty, Ephesians chapter 4, where he said in verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So we can take away from that. There's a lot of things that you can do that that can grieve the Holy Spirit of God e- even after you're born again. If you study these things out before you're born again, there's things that you can do to grieve the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you, uh, he would he, and we'll we'll kind of study these things out. And as we go through some of the slides, but it's very grievous when we don't when we don't believe what god is saying across the pulpit when we don't believe what uh, what the message is in it when and he said you can grieve the holy spirit until finally your soul just kind of backs off and you're not listening to that to that still small voice anymore until it becomes fainter and fainter and your your heart becomes as like in the, in the old testament it says your heart begins sealed your conscience becomes seared over as a, as a, as this, as if it was seared with a hot iron and you just don't hear anymore why? Because you've grieved away the Holy Spirit. But now after the Holy Ghost, after you've been born again, you do things just in your conduct and the way that you act that grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, things can go wrong. That's why there's deacons set in the church you know, to keep, you know, keep children from running up and down the aisles and so forth like that because you want to set the atmosphere so where the Holy Spirit has it feels at liberty to, to do things, to move and, and to impact your life. And now Brother Ram would say in the Israel and the church, he'd said, seal till how long? Because this verse is saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed. So you're sealed. You've got the Holy Ghost, right? You've been born again. You've been born again. And now you can do things that are wrong. But he's saying, he's trying to stress the point, seal till how long? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Not from one revival to another, but until the day of your redemption. Everlasting life just isn't a little space of time. Everlasting is eternally forever. Can't die no more than a grain of corn could become a cocklebur. And if a man's born of the spirit of God, it's automatically he lives the life. <coughs> Y'all think about that now. It's, if you're born again, it's going to be automatic that you live the life. Automatic. Now, of course, you're going to, you know, just like a little baby growing up, you're going to trip and fall and do things. But as you grow up, uh, the little things that that maybe a little child will deal with, as you grow up and become an adult, you're not dealing with the same things anymore. Those things get worked out. Now, but you, so you're, you're grieving. Think of Jesus looking at us like a little child growing up and. And to grieve means to suffer. You know, any parent can look at their children and see things that were. I wish, I wish they wouldn't do that. A little child getting playing with their their tricycle and they get get to getting too close to traffic. Don't do that. And you start yelling at them, get out of the get out of the road. Or as they grow up, they start talking to the to the, getting in the wrong crowd and everything, and it becomes grievous. And, and you see, Jesus is kind of looking at he God is looking at that with the same same kind of viewpoint. I guess you'd say he's like a parent. And, and we can do things that cause him to, to grieve. And uh, to grieve means to suffer grief, to feel grief for or because of, to cause great distress to someone. And, you know, if you really break it down, to grieve the Holy Spirit means to engage in behaviors or attitudes that are contrary to God's will and character. To, to do things that are wrong or to think things that are wrong, to behave wrong or to have the wrong attitude, the wrong attitude when we come to church or when we're just going through life and we're doing things, the wrong attitude, and that grieves the Holy Spirit. Brother Ram would say, in the position of a believer in Christ, he'd say, quote it for the sake of time, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And he would broke it down, he'd say, by your backbiting, back by talking about people behind their back, saying things that to kind of stir things up, by your carrying on. Now, if you really break down what carrying on is, and that's that's kind of something hard to define. What is carrying on? Well, the, the internet says carrying on means to just to act foolishly, you know, just 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 uh, behaving in a way that's like, you know, it, you, you know what it is when you see it. <laughs> carrying on, <laughs> indifference, not not really caring about. Not, I think that's one of the worst things to see in in Christian Christian uh, Christian people is indifference, where you just don't really care anymore. You just. You're, you're not really engaged in the service anymore. You're just kind of going through, checking off your, your Sunday services, and you don't really, oh, to think about now, that, that, that would grieve the Holy Spirit, to see somebody not really caring anymore. We, you know, what the ministers are preaching about growing and maturity and the stature of a perfect man and the blessings of God and the promises of God, and people just get indifferent. Well, it's just the same old, same old. And, and then another way you can grieve the Holy Spirit is by your unbelief. To see the promises of God and all the access, all the things that you can have access to, and hear Brother Rams make statements like, "We're living belief, our privileges, and yet we fail to believe the things that that God has said." Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of your redemption. Yes. Now, now that's a powerful scripture because you're sealed to the day of your redemption. Your soul is sealed. You're born again, but you can still do things that are grievous to the Holy Spirit. <coughs> And to see Jesus, Brother Ram said, "As you come, lady, he's, he's talking to somebody in the prayer line. Come believing, and and I, I just want to talk about how the the nature of the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's in this prayer line. He say he's telling his sister, come believing. Don't have any doubts in your heart. For if you are just a little suspicious, now think about this. If you're just a little suspicious, the Holy Spirit cannot and will not. If you're just a little suspicious, it's it's a very." timid being. Now you think about the nature of the Holy Spirit this morning. If we we want the Holy Spirit to feel welcome in this sanctuary, we want Him to feel welcome in our lives, but the Holy Spirit, the nature of the Holy Spirit is very timid. He's not going to just come kick the door down and just barge in and say, "Well, I'm taking over anyway. You got to let him in. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to have the right attitude and the right behavior. He's 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 going to back off and pull away if, if 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 you know you're not just treating the sanctuary right. If if the, if the conditions are not right. If he detects any kind of unwelcome attitude, then he's going to pull back. Why? Because he's he's very timid." The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not just some kind of a spooky thing floating around or something. It's a person. It's the person. So a person has characteristics and likes and dislikes. And the Holy Spirit does not like unbelief. It doesn't like uh, all the things that we just read about, foolishness and and caring on and and, uh, all all of those things. And being led by the Spirit, Brother Brown said, But whatever I say, now do just as I tell you, for it isn't me. When the anointing strikes me, I don't even know until my brethren play a tape and tell me what I said. So, you see, it's so timid, the Holy Spirit. Just the least little thing grieves it. Now, think about that. Just the least little thing grieves it. Be real reverent, and Jesus will come to you. If you're all excited, he can't come to you, see? Be reverent and believe. Now, to think about that, how you can be pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Is to be to think with a with a sane, sound mind, to think on the Lord, to 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 be conscious of that you want fellowship with God, to be to meditate on His Word, to be reverent, to be sincere. You you'll know every every single time this Brother Brown would move up all these three stages of grace to the next level. The angel, of God, would come and tell him to be more sincere. What I need to do? Be more sincere. Be more sincere because the holy spirit is very timid and you're not going to get anywhere with the holy spirit if you're not sincere and reverent and and looking at things in the right with the right attitude and the right behavior not not wanting to carry on or not do do something irreverent but because we don't want to grieve the holy spirit so when we come together uh, around the word of god we want to have a, a, a church service that's pleasing to the lord we want to have our lives in order so that we're pleasing to the Lord. Our Every footstep, every thought is pleasing to the Lord so that we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to find some examples of grieving the Lord, you can go back to Ephesians 4. Of course, there's a lot of examples in Corinthians and all through the scriptures. But where, where, where Paul says this in Ephesians 4.30, back up a few scriptures and he'll lay out some good examples that we can take, take note of, of of how you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And in verse 25, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Now, you know, reading some of these scriptures, it, it, you need getting down to the where the rubber meets the road. But, but you know, these are things that I, I think are worth kind of studying out and meditating on that that Christians are truth bearers. Now, you think about this. Now, we're talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, that if you don't bear the truth, if you say something that's, that ain't quite right, it's going to grieve the Holy Spirit away. The Holy Spirit is very timid, so it's not going to like that. Christians are called to be people of integrity, honesty, and truthfulness. Now, you go all the way back to the verse 1, verse one in Ephesians chapter 4, and Paul says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, in other words, every aspect of your life should be trying to line up with what the Holy Spirit, the way that he wants you to live, to, to, to uh, be truthful with one another, be honest with one another. Uh, try to, try to you know, if you promise somebody that you're going to do a certain deed for them on the job or something, you, you do the very best that you can, uh, of course, in all aspects of your life, but especially dealing with one, with one another because we're brothers. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. <clears throat> and here's a good one. And the, skipping on down a couple of verses from 25 to 27, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, you know, we're talking again about grieving the Holy Spirit. Anger, anger by just by itself isn't inherently sinful. There's, there's probably a lot of reasons that you could. Uh, here's some good, good examples of when you can get angry and, and you might be right. Like you find out your kids hadn't done their, maybe you're homeschooling your kids, and you find out they hadn't done any lessons in like three or six months or something. And, of course, you're going to naturally get a little bit upset. What do you mean you had not been recording your work? Or, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to use Zach for an example. He was telling us yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> that he was on the job, and the guy working the ship before him hadn't filled to get put gas in all the trucks. So naturally, you're going to be upset. Actually, if you aren't a little upset, something something will be wrong. God don't want you to go through life like a robot and like not get upset when, like you know, your 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 family's not living right, and you you ain't you ain't doing right. The people on the job ain't doing mm-hmm. right. So anger anger, and you'll find we'll find a few examples in Scripture here where where jesus got angry the bible says that he got angry so anger in itself is not inherently sinful but when you when it gets out of control no, when when things begin to get out of control. See, there's nothing wrong with get angry angry at your children for not doing what they're supposed to do. If your kids don't don't uh don't show up on time for their job and then they get fired, of course you're gonna get angrier. But when you cross that line and you start railing on them and saying you're stupid and worthless and something something else begins to take over. That's that's so what's what's taken over? What's in control? You know, uh you can kind of compare <clears throat> In Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, when Jesus entered the synagogue and there was a man there which had a withered ham and he and he healed him and, and, and they got all upset with him and he, he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch straight, straight forth thine hand. Now look at look at Jesus in this case. He was angry at them because they did not believe that they got so wound up because he was trying to heal somebody on the Sabbath, that they didn't even see the good that he was trying to do. So naturally, he got angry with them. He was angry, and furthermore, he was grieved. Why was he grieved? For the hardness of their hearts. So there's another example of where you can grieve God with your heart's all stony and you just don't, you just, you just don't care so much anymore. Oh, that's what the gospel was given for—to take somebody that don't care and. And soften up that heart, but start changing them start start uh, when you begin to realize how much God loves you and how God wants to woo you and and do something with you and do something with your life it, it'll uh, it, it, it'll change that old stony heart into, and soften it up now, talking about anger so who who really is the one in control on the left, we got a picture of Jesus in the temple striking out at all the animals and the people and everything because they were they turned his turned the temple into. Uh, uh a den of thieves that turned it into something where they were just interested in money but on the right you've got some people that just have lost control lost control who's the one in control now just to kind of call out that that image on the on the left is if you've been paying attention to artificial intelligence l- lately i i generated that from a computer that is a fake image can you believe that <laughs> that's completely generated by artificial intelligence and this one too so don't let this anger, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. And this is where you start to grieve the Holy Spirit, is when when you just get angry, so angry that it starts taking up root in your life, and you start getting bitter with one another, and it starts growing up into something. That's why the Bible says in that same verse, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't allow it to fester and grow into a grudge or unresolved conflict. If you got, if you're angry at your spouse, don't wait till tomorrow to get it resolved. Uh, i i i've got uh, over this is maybe too much information but over my wife and i's bed we have a sign that says don't forget to kiss me good night because we want to get all the problems resolved if there's any any fights or anything you get the problems resolved and every night before we go to bed we've got that sign over the bed that says don't forget to kiss me good night because uh it's because of this scripture don't allow things to fester and grow into a grudge. Don't carry unresolved conflict into the next day. Don't let anger linger and poison relationships. And handle your emotions in a manner that honors God and promotes healthy relationships with one or, with others. Why? Because if you don't, if you're angry with somebody, you've got something against somebody. If you don't deal with it right then, then it might be 15 years later, and you hadn't talked to that person in 15, 20 years, and you you oh you you just let you just let the devil tap dance all over your life <laughs> you just let the devil run the show don't don't let things grow until they just get out of hand until uh, you, until it becomes a problem greater than when it started Amen. be angry and sin not and of course of course we're all familiar with the scripture in john chapter two or jesus i was just referring to he went into the temple and and uh made a scourge of small cords and drove everybody out of the temple and, and in verse 17 it says his disciples remember that it was written, "The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up." Now, Brother Brown would often quote this scripture when he's talking about deacons in the church, because sometimes, you know, deacons have to. You, you know, there's a time when you 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 want to be nice and sweet to everybody, but there's a time when you got to do like Jesus here, and, and, and as he rose, drove everybody out. You gotta you gotta get a little bit rough if if uh, if things aren't going right. You know, you gotta. Straighten things out. Let's read through a few other places in the, in the Bible where anger, anger, you want to be sure that your anger is well placed. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17, it says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. In Proverbs fifteen eighteen, a wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. And I'll, I'll post these online. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to belabor the point. You can read all these scriptures in your own time. <clears throat> and verse 28 says, "Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth." But well, what do these scriptures art for? I'm reading about that. There's things even after your new birth that you can do wrong that can grieve the Holy Spirit, and God wants you to God wants you to not not be a thief, but to to work for what you earn. To to, uh, and verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And I think there's there's a real that's something that'll really cause the Holy Spirit to draw back when you say a little joke that you don't need to be telling, or say something a little bit crass. You know, sometimes we'll we'll get in that mode where we we. Well, I'm just gonna skip over that. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Engaging in gossip or spreading malicious rumors, using foul language, profanity or derogatory terms, promoting or discussing immoral behaviors. That that sort of conversation has no business in a Christian's mouth. Discussing immoral things, things that things that you're not supposed to things that the world that's the world what the world's doing. Encouraging harmful or destructive actions towards oneself or others engaging in sexually explicit or inappropriate discussions that violate God's design, promoting violence, all those things are corrupt communication. And Paul's saying, now, so there's the scripture. If anybody ever asks you, where does the Bible say we're not supposed to cuss? You can take them to Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Your is supposed to be holy. That the words that you say and the actions that you that portray, or everything's supposed to be holy brother ram would say on backsliding now see these are things that uh, we're talking about a born again christian he said on backsliding i wish somebody would go to ask me that but on backsliding remember you backslide every day every day we make mistakes every day we do things that are grievous to the holy spirit we need to repent of but see those things are more when you're a baby and grow less as you mature there's no way at all for you to keep out of uh, uh, out of it but you backslide to the people in the church but not before god see you backslide on christ but you don't on god because when you sin you're gone but you're constantly falling paul had to die every day is that right he had to die every day repent every day and just constantly repenting all the time so we don't want to grieve the holy spirit i'm gonna skip over that you know we we should be conscious of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit likes and what the Holy Spirit doesn't like. Like Elijah in that cave, listening to that still small voice. When the Holy Spirit says you've done something wrong, aren't you glad for that that little twinge when you said something wrong to somebody? I've heard people say I say things to people all the time, and I never feel bad about it. Boy, I do. I, I feel sometimes I say something and harsh to my wife or my children, and I you just got to apologize. I think that's the mark of a, somebody that's coming close to maturity. When you can get down and say, "I'm sorry," or, or, or you know, some, there's a mark of something really supernatural taking place in your life. When you feel bad because you've done something, listen to the Holy Spirit. When you grieve, the Holy Spirit turn around and make it right. When it says you've got to make something right, or when you says you need to says you need to do something differently, or something's off, oh, you listen to it. Or when something's, listen to that holy, that still small voice when it says something's off kilter. When those, when those guys start coming around talking to your daughters or, or vice versa, the girls, or there's, there's a still small voice that will tell everybody something's off. And you listen to that. Listen to that still small voice because it's there for a purpose. And back to where we started from and the message testimony, Brother Branham said, when you move or stir, it just shakes me now. Now, you think about Brother Branham saying this. And, and how close he was with God. And how should we look at the Holy Spirit uh, and, and the way that we live? He, he, would, he would say, I lose the anointing so quickly. And he would say, the Holy Spirit is very timid. How many knows that? Very timid. And the message, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he would say, now, don't do that. See, you're moving around. He said, I'll have to Stop. First thing you know, my son will be beating me on the side. Brother Billy Paul will come up and pull on him and tell him it's time for him to stop preaching. And that means go. See, be reverent. Just be quiet. Just for one more, will you? Then we'll just ask them to lay their hands on one another. When you get up like that, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And I and I gets away from me, and I can't control it. See, because he grieves and he leaves me. Why? Why would the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is so timid. Now you think about this morning in in the church. The Holy Spirit is so t- the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be in a building where people are indifferent, where they don't care about the service, where they're not engaged, where they're not listening, where it's just something else where they can check it off their list. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be in a building where people are not believing, where they're not wanting to be there. Oh, but if you want to be there, then the Holy Spirit wants to be there too. Amen. Oh, you think maybe maybe this is a little bit hard. I can, I can kind of tear by, by the expressions on your faces maybe that you're pushing back a little bit. But the Holy Spirit wants to be where he's welcome. And if you'll welcome the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come. Now we can think of, We'll can meditate on that this morning. If you want the Holy Spirit to be active in your life, welcome him. If you want the Holy Spirit to be active in the church, and moving, him, welcoming. Him. And don't do things that grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is very timid. The Holy Spirit is very timid. God bless you, Saints.